It is time for your favorite Android podcast from the crew of blindandroidusers.com. Kick back and enjoy another fine episode from these Google fanboys as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of the Blind Android Users podcast. I am joined today by our wonderful hosts, Miriam Mosen. Austin Pinto. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. And my friend Anna Gaza from California, who is going to be doing our My Android Journey story today. Anna also is going to be part of our hosts and will be appearing from time to time. Anna? Happy to be here. Hi, everybody. Ed Green. Hello. And Yannick Placier. Hi, guys. Uh, nice to be here. Today is April the 3rd, and this is episode 17. As I said, we would like to start then with our friend Austin Pinto, who brings us the announcements. Austin? Before we start the show, we would like to wish all our listeners a happy Easter. If, if you're celebrating the Easter festival or happy any other festival that you celebrate, we have a lot of announcements this week, not related to our show, but announcements that will help you, our listeners, as always. The first announcement is regarding the show. We have a, a WhatsApp group that you can subscribe to, and the link will be in the show notes. We have just started this group, so very less members, but uh, looking forward to see you all on WhatsApp and have a good chat. The second announcement is regarding our YouTube channel. Last week, I had told you that we started our YouTube channel. So what we have decided to do is we are going to divide our podcast into various segments, like the Android basic segment is going to be one video. Then the um, my focus section is going to be another video and so on and so forth. So from next week, if you are subscribed to our channel and if you have turned on notifications, you may see an increased notifications because I am going to go to our previous episodes and divide them up and upload them on YouTube as separate videos. So you can expect some increased notifications for a week or two until that is over. The third announcement is that we have got some more licenses of the Gone Mad music player to give away. As you remember some episodes back, we had Kyle from Gone Mad Music as an interview on our show. To make it easier for you to win, this time we are asking you a question. And the question is, which podcast did Anna start working on in her Android journey? The name of the podcast should be emailed to us at contact us at blindandroidusers.com and you will get a license key of Gone Mad Music Player. There are six licenses to be given away, so please hurry up and email us the name of the podcast. Another announcement is Gone Mad Music Player is on sale. Now, if you win this giveaway, you don't need to uh, look at this announcement, but if you don't, then Gone Mad Music Player is on 50% sale and you should take advantage of this sale and go and purchase it. 
And that is it from the announcement section. Enjoy the show. Thank you so much, Austin. So in our today's episode, we will be looking at the following. We're going to be talking about keyboards, which is a very important part of our Android experience. After finishing setting up your Android device, the most important thing is your keyboard. You would use that in sending text messages, email messages, and all of that. We will be doing that followed by the In Focus segment, where our friend Austin Pinto will be demonstrating another part of the roaming process. This segment would be followed by the app of the week, and in this, we would be showing you how to use Tasker. Our friend Jacob from South Africa would be doing that. Then I would be demonstrating something from Google, Area 21 of Google, called the Stack. We would therefore conclude the episode with the My Android Journey segment, which happens to be my very favorite. And our friend Anna would be taking us down the memory lane of her Android Journey story. So with that, Ed, could you take us to that beautiful part of the Android Basics keyboards? Thanks, Warren. And hello again, everybody. Yes, as Warren said, you have a wide variety of choice when it comes to using keyboards on Android. I should qualify this by saying we're talking about virtual keyboards here, on-screen keyboards, not uh, hardware keyboards that might either be Bluetooth standalone keyboards or keyboards on a Braille display. Hardware keyboards are, of course, an option. That's not what we're going to talk about uh, today. We're going to show you five different keyboards. The one I want to show you is a paid app called Blind Accessibility Keyboard. Um, I've had it for a while, so I had to go and look up how much it cost. Uh, it's $4.99, so that's probably going to equate to about either $3.99 or $4.39 in, in British pounds. Play Store slightly varies how it uh, does that. There are two things I like about this keyboard, which to me differentiates it from some of the other ones. Um, the first is that you can change the behavior of how you enter letters. So with, with, with Gboard, which um, one of my co-hosts will demonstrate later, you slide your finger around, lift it up, and the letter gets entered. Um, you can do that on blind accessibility keyboard, but you can also double tap a letter if you'd rather do it that way. Sometimes you slide your finger around and uh, when you lift it, uh, talk back announce the letter, but actually your finger slid a little bit too far and you uh, entered the next one, which can be a bit of a pain. That's less likely to happen uh, with double tapping. The other thing I like about this keyboard is that you can actually choose different keyboard layouts, and I'll show you that. Um, I'm going to set it up from the Play Store. I have just reinstalled it. I took it off so we could go through the setup process. I want to do this because slightly counterintuitively, in my view, to advance through the various setup screens, you have to use the back button. Um, so, so I will show you this because uh, it might throw uh, people if you're not careful. So I'm in the Play Store. Blind accessibility keyboard. Install. Open. Button. So I'm going to open the keyboard. Blind accessibility keyboard. Permission required. The keyboard needs to access the device's public storage for keyboard and log files. Please grant the permission. OK, button. Sounds okay. fairly sensible. Uh, we need to grant it uh, that. I'm going to double tap the OK button. Allow blind accessibility keyboard to access photos, media, and files on your device. Allow. Deny. Button. Allow. Button. Set up. Enable keyboard. One slash four. Enable keyboard. Button. So now we have to go and enable the keyboard uh, so that we can use it. Uh, otherwise, it'll just sit on our phones and not show up when we select our input methods. So I'll go into here. Manage keyboards. Disabled. Enlist. 
Fourth, multilingual type in. Tick, switch. Fourth, talkback real keyboard. Tick, switch. Flight accessibility keyboard. Not tick, switch. Flight accessibility keyboard. You'll hear it's, it's not tick, so we'll change that. Attention. This input method may be able to collect all the text that you type, including personal data like passwords and credit card numbers. It comes from the app flight accessibility keyboard. Use this input method out of list. Cancel button. Okay, okay. So it's, it's important you trust your keyboard because, as it says, it will collect a lot of sensitive information. It, it's one of those apps that has uh, really quite a lot of permission to do some damage if you're if you're not comfortable with it, like a screen reader, like a launcher. So 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 install a trusted keyboard. I'm gonna I'm gonna accept this. Oh, if you restart your phone and have a screen lock set, this app can't start until you unlock your phone. Cancel button. Okay button. Manage keyboard. Flight accessibility keyboard. Take switch and list. So we're back in our list of keyboards. Here is where I need to hit back. If you don't have the navigation bar on your phone, obviously just invoke uh, the back gesture. So essentially I've just set the keyboard as default. So here's what I mean about different keyboard layouts. It's set to UK QWERTY plus at the minute. If I go in here, that's the first one. Uh, UK QWERTY, uh, it'll have fewer keys because it doesn't have the plus symbol. UK small, presumably even fewer keys than QWERTY plus or QWERTY. Now, PC, here's an interesting thing, and I'm going to pick one of the PC keyboards, uh, and you'll see why in a minute. I'm going to go for PC plus. It's the largest keyboard, so we'll pick this. So we've done that. I'm, I'm going to hit back to get to the next setting screen. I don't care about the look of the keyboard. I'm going to hit back to finish this. And uh, apparently it does actually want me to go into it. I can't simply back out. I'm going to go into select look, then not care about it. Uh, now hit back. We've set up the keyboard. This keyboard also speaks letters independently of talkback. I don't want it to do that. I'm going to go and turn that off and I'm going to go and change the, the tap behavior to double tap. So I'm going to close out the Play Store. Go into settings. Now in the OnePlus uh, phone, uh, language and input, where, where you manage your keyboards is in system settings. It won't be on every phone. Uh, sometimes it will be on your main setting screen. So I've gone into here. Here we go. Languages and input is what I want. Virtual keyboard, blind accessibility keyboard. Going to go in here. Now it's a default default keyboard blind accessibility keyboard. Even so, though it said the keyboard name we want, we don't want to go in here because that will change the default. That's not what we want to do. We do want to click on this entry though in the available keyboards section, and we're going to just change two settings in here. Donation, I've already bought it. No one to donate. 
Choose keyboard layout. We've done that. That's where um, I chose, you might recall, UK PC Plus. So tap mode is lift to type. I'm going to change this to double tap just because most of the other Android keyboards are lift to type and I want to be different. Speech settings, I'm going to go in here and essentially turn them off. We'll disable speech because I want TalkBand to do this. Now I'm going to show you PC Plus. This is an insane keyboard. We're going to Aquamail. We'll start a new message. Now, here's what we have. Some of it will be familiar. Some of it uh, might surprise you on an Android phone. I'll start vaguely on the home row. And I'm just going to slide my finger to the left. Caps lock. We've gone for a PC keyboard, so we have a caps lock. The other thing about a PC keyboard is obviously it has a number row. So if you're bored of double tapping that symbols key at the bottom left hand corner, you don't have to. I'm going to go to the bottom. We've got peer, we've got a full stop, we've got arrow keys. And then if I go to the top row, I'm going along the number row. I've got a backspace and a delete. And you'll see on the right hand side that I even have a numeric keypad on this PC Plus keyboard. Um, whether you need a number row and a numeric keypad on a virtual mobile phone keyboard, I am a little bit skeptical, but if you do want it, it exists. So um, I think that's brilliant. The fact, well, not the fact it has a numeric keypad, but the fact that you don't have to keep coming out of symbols and letter modes. The other thing this app will do is you can have different keyboards in landscape and portrait. So you might want a smaller keyboard in portrait mode just because the letters won't flow across the screen quite as tightly, but you could have a different keyboard in landscape. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is the blind accessibility keyboard. Thank you so much, Ed. That's a beautiful keyboard. And like we said, it's about $5 a pop if you're here in the U.S. And of course, it, I hope that that price is kind of like regional or whatever. But some people choose not to. And so $5, you translate that into your currency and that would tell you as to how much that keyboard is going for. Now, up next, we have Miriam Mosen with Gboard. So let's move on to the Gboard. So here, first, we want to know where exactly could we um, enable the Gboard when we first installed it. I have cleared the data, so it's pretty much um, as I first installed it. So we'll go to settings. I have a Samsung phone, and we'll go to general management, and then language and input, and then there it is. We'll go to on-screen keyboard, and we will. Here we have this default keyboard. Gboard. 
and Google voice typing. So we will go to the keyboard and we will press on it to actually select it. So before we actually go to a place and try typing with it, we want to go to settings and see what exactly settings do we have in the keyboard. So here, uh, first when you open the keyboard settings, we have language. And here we can add to, you know, any like number of languages we want. Here I, because it's cleared, I did have before the English, French, and Arabic because I'd use um, three of them. Preferences. And we do have preferences. Preferences. Text correction. Uh, text correction. Voice typing. Voice typing. And clipboard. Dictionary. Dictionary. Search. And search. Advanced. And advanced. Preferences. So here are the preferences. And we have here the number row, as actually Ed was talking about that, that in the blind accessibility keyboard, you can have the number row. And here also in the keyboard, we can have the same thing uh, without actually needing to open up the simples dialog. Oh, so here it's very important, this one. If you want to use the emoji, our emojis, that would actually um, replace the language um, selection button. We, we, we won't have this. But the alternative to that is if we pressed on the new line key or the enter key, it would give us the possibility to open up the emojis dialog or the emojis dialog. So I will show you that in a while. So here, the language switch key. If we actually turn that uh, on or turn that off, it would turn the emojis uh, on. on, so, on. And vice versa. This is very important as well. So once you open up the simples dialog, it would show you the recent emojis that you've used before from the dialog of the emojis, um, of the row of the emojis. The layout. This is the one-handed mode. Uh, so here it could give you also stickers, uh, which are, by the way, um, described pretty well. I sometimes use them. This is gives you the possibility to actually, if you want the keyboard sounds to be uh, audible. Uh, and this one is the volume. This one is very important if you don't want vibration while typing. So actually, let's go and try to type with the keyboard and see what will happen. We'll open the Google Keep. And open new note and then also, I'd like to say something regarding if you actually long click on a certain letter. And here it's really important Arabic and English. So in English, if you um, long click on a certain letter, it would give you the accents. If you want to, you know, type in French, sometimes it gives you accent circumflex and grave and things like that. Um, if you don't want to use actually the, you know, French keyboard or if you want to do something real quick. Um, and in Arabic, it would give you, you know, some additional things that actually 
um, make the letters regular. And people who are Arabic would understand that the shkil, it would give you the shkil letters like um, things like phonetics and things like that in Arabic. Um, also, the other thing I'd like to mention that um, here there's something different with CSR. So as you all know that in the latest updates of the uh, Gboard, some things happen regarding typing with uh, one tab or a double tab. With CSR, we don't have this problem. You can actually just see. Capital U. Um, it actually types without any problems. Capital C. And I would also like to mention that when you just lift your finger and type the letter, the uh, emojis dialog is completely different. Once you open the uh, emojis dialog, you could just swipe and scroll through it without any problems and without needing to lift your finger and it would just type the, the emoji directly, that won't happen. And in my opinion, it's pretty, um, you know, amazing because when I am typing, like, or wanting to find emojis, it's really hard to just work with, work that way. And that feature was just on iOS and it was really annoying to me. So this is the Dboard, it's pretty easy. It's um, pretty usable and useful in my opinion. And it's one of my favorite keyboards, even though I am thinking of trying out the Blind Accessibility Keyboard again. Thank you so much, Miriam. We will now move on to our next keyboard. And Austin, do you want to do? So I've installed the Swifty keyboard from the Play Store and let me just open it. The Swifty keyboard is by Microsoft. So I opened the Microsoft Swiftkey keyboard and the setup procedure is the same as the blind accessibility keyboard. So first you have to enable it, which is already enabled. And then you have to select it as defaults. And then click up finish up. Now this keyboard, you can sign into your accounts. Either it has two accounts. You can use a Microsoft account or you can use a Google account. But uh, for this demo, I'm going to say not now. But if you use any of the accounts, what it will do is whenever you type anything, it will synchronize your recent, like your most uh, typed words and it will keep a backup of that so next time when you reset your device and sign in again you'll get all your words back now this is personal preference but i'm going to select no installation successful okay button settings and then it takes you to settings it says installation successful so here we have languages languages Navigate up, but languages, search languages, update languages, button, your languages, expanded, heading one, English United States slash English US, button. Now I have English US. Check English United States slash English, suggested languages, expanded, help, button, Spanish United States slash Espanol US, button, four of twelve. Now it has some suggested languages. Spanish, Latin, America, Spanish, Mexico, slash, English, slash, Hawaiian, slash, Alarm, button, Blackfoot, slash, Sixty, Midnight, slash, Midnight, all languages, elapsed, heading twelve of twelve, with all languages, expanded. Wow, 730 languages. I'm not going to go through all of these languages, but you can pick what you want and enable them. You can add them to the list of your languages. Then you have themes, which I'm not going to care about 
but you can select dark or whatever theme you want okay. typing this is important now here is a problem with the uh, talk back it does not say whether the switch is checked or not it just says switch but if you double tap and then it, it says not checked or checked quick position insert switch quick period switch auto capitalize switch cursor control switch gesture input button disabled show prediction after flow switch physical keyboard button disabled more information button if you are using a bluetooth keyboard go to bluetooth settings on your device to verify if you are back Then here is next option is emojis where you can select which emoji you want. Let's go quickly into this. It predicts which emojis you want based on what you type. And again, all these switches they don't say whether they're checked or not. You can again like the Gboard if you tap on enter long. it will give you the emojis now this is the reach input and here you have voice typing you have clipboard and search engine search engine check bing google you can select bing or google the higher search engine folder go to customizer out of list Now layout and keys are the standard, like number position, number symbols, layout, button, all these layouts. You have number row. Layout and keys. Edit out of list. Resize button. You can resize your keyboard here. Number row. Switch. Then you have the number row. Number position, number symbols, layout, button. Accent characters. Switch. And again, you have the accented characters keys, like switch. the Gboard. You, if you want arrow keys, you can have them. Key pop-ups, switch. And then you have key pop-ups. Long press duration, switch. Again, you can set how much is the long press duration before it gives you alternate keys. Twenty-three percent current value, four hundred fifty milliseconds. Slider. Open keyboard button out of list. Back. About open keyboard private sound layout and keyboard input button sound and vibration button. Now sound and vibration. I'm again not going into the details because it's standard. Like all keyboards, you have. your sound slider if you want key press sounds what should be your vibration strength and all that privacy button features then you have your standard privacy open feedback button help and feedback and about open keyboard button out of list and then Home that is it button. for the keyboard settings so if you go Windows back launcher. microsoft swift key language input first one keyboard microsoft swift key keyboard so what your keyboard is set to swift key language country first one keyboard type adjustment raise You can raise your keyboard height. This is in the language settings, and here you have all the tools and all. So now that is it for the settings part. Let us go and see how the typing works. And I am facing a bug on the one plus Nord at least. I don't know if this is on the other phone. So it types the same as Gboard. You can just float your finger around and find a key and just tap on it and lift and it will type. You can also find a key and what you can do is you can swipe. New message and keyboard tip. U I 
this way you can swipe now one of the cool features in this keyboard is you know the gboard had this feature in the old update and what it does is if you hit the delete key and you hold the delete key and it just clears everything other than just pressing the delete key releasing delete key releasing and then on top of these letter keys you have your predicted um, words and then on that you have you can open search you have the close swift key toolbar you can open gift panel stickers clipboard you can open and select whatever text you want to copy and then there is a translator also here and then you have keyboard tips that will give you some help on how to use it but it's standard but if you want you can read it and then you have more keyboard options and again these are all the settings and all those things in the more keyboard options uh, section of the swift key keyboard so that is that will be the demo of the swift key keyboard it's the same like gboard and other keyboards but uh, the delete feature was the one that i liked the most because the old gboard had it and then they removed it so you every time you have to delete something you just tap and release tap and release but here you just hold and everything clears once one side it is safe but one side you may clear things mistakenly if that you don't want to clear so that yeah, is it from the keyboard Actually also I'd like to point something out the Gboard does the same thing but the problem with it at least um I with me is that when I press like when I press the delete key and hold it it doesn't like the screen reader doesn't pronounce anything doesn't announce unless it reaches the last letter um that's in the edit box which is in my opinion is very bad but what I have have noticed in the Swift keyboard it does like the uh, screen just announce um what letters are being deleted so one of the bug that i was having with swift key keyboard on oneplus but it got solved i don't know how is that sometimes when you type fast some of the letters they didn't don't type there is like a latency but that is solved now for some reason so that was the bug that i had previously with this keyboard thank you so much that's a great keyboard um so you see as we have alternatives one could always choose what they want uh, so we'll move on to the next one and Yannick and the keyboard we are talking about is technical keyboard or PC app uh, keyboard like like it's called um, to be honest I won't go through all the settings because uh, you may know I've been used to it every keyboard a lot of settings and the technical keyboard settings are much like the Gboard settings, uh, in my opinion. So there are not so many uh, advanced, unique uh, features, except maybe that there are lots of variants, of course, so you can uh, select your keyboard layout and select your keyboard language, preferred language, and sub-variant of of, uh, for each language. You can, of course, enable or disable special keys uh, in this in this keyboard, such as the voice input key, which is very handy to enable. 
So you can just press on the this input key and then uh, you can voice what you want to say. I'll show you that in a, in a few minutes. There are also settings like uh, vibrate on key press, sound on key press as well. And if you are uh, willing to have those, uh, these top line uh, with numbers on it, it would be on the settings panel that you can enable this easier in portrait, landscape or both modes. So it's depend it depends on what you are looking for. But if you have one of those who like to have those numbers on top of the line, <coughs> that's possible with this keyboard. Uh, I don't, before going into the settings, I don't remember exactly which price is this keyboard. I think it's free, but I installed it for quite a long time. So um, I may be wrong. I'll have to double check that. But I, I think it's free. Um, Anyway, let's go back to our notes. And I'm in the note here. And as you can see, I can type and swipe quite fast. Uh, as you can see, we can have... Yeah, uh, all the numbers. If I uh, long press the delete key, what happens? Nothing. Nothing. If we go uh, to the very t uh, bottom line of the keyboard, we have symbols. which can help switch us to the symbols like exclaim and, and so on. We have function. In this function keyboard, there are lots of interesting things. If you want to select, copy, cut, paste, undo, redo, have some, uh, have a look at the uh, copy, the clipboard history, uh, that's in there, is that you have a look in. And then you have this voice input buttons in which, on which if you um, release your finger on, top of, on this button, you can switch automatically to voice, to Google's voice input. Then you have the switch language. If you have several languages, here I have the QWERTY, UK, and French language. Space. And then space, full stop, full stop return. and return. Um, and that's uh, nearly it from this keyboard. So the last thing I'd like to say about it is uh, I don't think it's a bug, but something I don't like very much if you go very fast through the later to find yours, you can see that the speech settings, the speech synthesizer, although I'm using eloquence here, which is quite fast, is um, takes a little time to uh, to respond correctly and to announce the later you are at. So if you are one, um, if you are one of the typing, very fast typing person. You may have some little difficulties because you, you, you have to wait a little bit before um, before being sure that you are on the letter you want to type. And the last thing, uh, this keyboard does not have the, um, how can I say, there's a double tap to, uh, to, to type a letter, to enter a letter. So you... Once you release your finger, the letter the letter is entered. So if you if you need this double tap feature, you can't use this keyboard. 
Thank you so much. The technical keyboard is actually a very good keyboard. And like you are saying, there's so many things in there. Uh, it does a lot. And most especially when you're trying to select things, it actually, when you use the cursor keys, it tells you what is being selected. And that's one of the things I really like about the uh, technical keyboard. Now, from the technical keyboard, we want to move on to the Grammarly keyboard. And yours faithfully is going to be showing a quick overview of that Grammarly keyboard. I am using Scanning phase, 1048 the vocalizer um, TTS today for a change. I'm not using eloquence today. So I'm going to bring up my word processing. Notes. Testing. Okay, so I got something called testing here. And I'm going to double tap to bring up the, uh, the, the keyboard. Showing Grammarly. Now, in Grammarly keyboard, this is how you get to the settings. I'm not going to go through all the settings. Uh, all keyboards are the same. You go to system language input, and then you go to virtual keyboards, and you can uh, enable the ones that you want, as my friends have already described it. So I'm just going to show you what the keyboard does and cannot do. At the top left corner of the keyboard, we have something called white uh, something. Back button. Grammarly logo YPG. Grammarly. If you tap here, it opens up two things. At the bottom left, close cards view. We have the close cards view, and then to the right is the settings, and that's switch input method. Sorry. Settings button Grammarly. We tap here on settings keyboard hidden. and Grammarly. The Grammarly keyboard is up and running. Here's what we have in settings. Keyboard customization. We have keyboard customization. Just gonna go through keyboard here. Keyboard customization. Quick. Navigate up button. And we have keyboard customization. Language heading. Language. One of keyboard languages. English. Two of eighteen. Appearance heading. Four Appearance. of eighteen. Appearance. Here you can choose whether light or dark. They only have two. Themes light, dark. Five of eighteen. Image theme light button. Image theme dark. Keyboard hide normal. Ele Button next to space bar, emoji, 13 of 18. By default, you have the emoji keyboard on the left side of the keyboard. If you tap in here, you can go choose uh, this uh, voice input if you want that to be the default uh, on the left side of the keyboard, of the space bar. Key press, heading, 15 of 18. And under key presses. Vibrate on key press, switch, off, 16. Sound on key press, switch, off, pop up on key press, switch, on, 18 of 18. Okay, so I'm going to go back. That was under customization. Gram Grammarly settings. And then the Grammarly settings. Here's what we have. Grammarly settings. Grammarly settings. Tone detection. Tap the keyboard's G icon to see tones. Tone detection requires 150 plus characters to work. Switch on in list. So what that means is that it kind of tells you it's kind of a very interesting keyboard. So if I'm typing something, it will detect my tone. For instance, if I'm doing a voice input, and therefore it kind of, I don't know how to explain this, but I tried it. It didn't quite work for me. I'm not sure. But the whole idea is that it detects your tone, whether you're angry or you're romantic or whatever. Ah, Dampanier in France, that beautiful uh, French wine, you know. Plus here. And so, <laughs> anyway, I know. So, <laughs> so we have that tone detection in there. It's a very interesting keyboard. Uh, let's move on. Auto correction. Tapping space bar or punctuation mark automatically corrects mistyped words. Switch on. Okay. Auto capitalization. 
Capitalize the first word of each sentence. Switch on. Swipe to type. Switch on. Now, swipe to type. Most of these things are not very, um, they don't behave well with us when we're using accessibility, so I'm not even going to worry about it. But by default, it's turned on. Predictive text. Switch on. Suggest images. Switch on. Synonyms. Switch on. Show synonyms after delay. Switch on. Double space period. Double tapping space bar insert a period followed by a space. Switch on. Okay. Suggest contact names. Use names from contacts for suggestions. Switch off. Language preference. American English. Man okay. And then we have... Uh, manage personal dictionary. That's the last item is, you know, and if you want to do that, you'll have Grammarly. to sign in in order to be able to manage your dictionary settings. You know, could tell it, skip these words. When you see this word, this is how I want them to be. So you could sign in uh, and create an account or sign in with Google. Account. And then here is account. You tap on this. It's going to ask you to log in. Feedback. And then, of course, then there's the feedback. Now, that's it about um, Grammarly. The part that I don't like about Grammarly keyboard is the fact that it doesn't... Uh, we were talking about the delete key. Now, try as I may, I cannot make it, you know, delete things by long pressing the delete key. So I'm going to show you a quick example here. Capital X, capital Z, comma, G, comma. I'm going to hold the comma. And it pops up. Showing alternative characters are dismissed. Capital Z. So because I didn't have the uh, the voice Z input deleted. to the left of that, in order to bring up the voice input, you have to hold down the comma. And if I hold down the, Damage, comma. the comma here and slide up. Voice. Keyboard input. Showing items two to three of five. Hello and welcome to the party period. New paragraph. This is the Grammarly keyboard demonstration period. And, and then Google. there's the pause here. Business pause here. And I paused it. And so here you have like the settings. Back button notes settings. Button, and that's Google. just for uh, Google Voice uh, settings because it's using the Google um, voice uh, input is being powered by Google. So this is not coming from Grammarly keyboard. So, and then I could, I could find, input. find a keyboard Hello input. Welcome to the party. This is the Grammarly keyboard demonstration <laughs> business pause here, beginning of field English. Okay. So here's what I was talking about. If I hold down, if I capital L Lima delete, delete, if, if I hold down the delete, nothing happens it's, it's not gonna delete it's not going to take me to uh, it's not going to clear that however if i unload talk back then it will be able to clear it and that's the only thing i don't like about grammarly keyboard you have to um you know delete things one by one you don't have the long press and just sit there and erase everything or else you have to just kind of like tap on where the thing is select all and then just hit the delete key but it's a little bit responsive. It, comma, grammar, capital T, cap, capital U, cap, capital O, capital P, cap, 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 capital S. So as it's you can see, it's, it's not bad at all. So it's just a lift to type. That would be another accessible keyboard that we have in our arsenal. And that would be the Grammarly keyboard. Our next keyboard is going to be coming from our friend Anna, and that's going to be the TalkBack Braille keyboard. Many of you would like to know how to use that. Sweet. It's a very great keyboard, 
that makes it easy for those who know how to use Braille on their portable devices like the phone. So you could just uh, use that instead of carrying along with you something like a Braille display. And now to talk about TalkBack Braille keyboard, here is Anna. I'm talking about the TalkBack Braille keyboard. This is an on-screen keyboard that makes it possible for you to enter text using contracted or uncontracted Braille. To use it, you need to do three things. One, install Google's Gboard if it isn't on your phone already. Two, make sure your version of TalkBack supports this keyboard. Three, make the TalkBack Braille keyboard your default input method. Okay, you probably already have Gboard installed on your device, but if you don't, you can go to the Play Store, search for Gboard, G-B-O-A-R-D, by Google, and tap Install. To make sure your version of TalkBack supports the TalkBack Braille keyboard, go into your device's Settings app, then into Accessibility, then into TalkBack, then into Settings, then explore or swipe through the settings. If you find Braille keyboard among them, you're good to go. Pixel Launcher. Apps List. Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Record Stop. Settings. Settings. Search Settings. Out of Grid. Accessibility. Screen Readers. Display. Interaction Controls. Accessibility. Navigate Up. Button. Out of list. Talk back. On slash speak items on screen. Talk back. Navigate up. Button. Out of list. Settings. Talk back settings. Navigate up. Button. Out of list. Customize menus. Braille keyboard. Just as an aside, you can tap Braille keyboard to find out what its settings are but we'll leave that alone for now. Finally, to make the TalkBack Braille keyboard your default input method, go into the Devices Settings app, then into System. This is the option where Languages, Gestures, Time, and Backup are located. Then into Languages and Input then into virtual keyboard or on-screen keyboard, depending on your version of Android. Here you find a list of the active keyboards on your device, followed by a Manage Keyboards icon. If the TalkBack Braille keyboard is in this list, you're ready to go. If it isn't, tap Manage Keyboards. This brings up a list of all of the keyboards on your device. Tap TalkBack Braille keyboard to check it, and now you're ready. Okay, to use the TalkBack Braille keyboard, you need an edit box. So let's go into the Messages app, open up a conversation, and tap the edit box to bring up a keyboard. Message from sister. Sister, chat message, edit box, out of list conversation list. Showing English US, QWERTY. 
keyboard. I just brought up the Gboard, which is my default keyboard for now. Now, either tap the switch input methods icon. Switch input method button navigation bar. In the bottom right corner of the screen, roughly below where you would expect a right shift key to be, or you can hold your finger on the space bar. Space. Keyboard hidden. Change keyboard. In the list of keyboards that is now on your screen, tap Talkback Braille Keyboard. Checked. Radio button. English US. QWERTY. Enlist. Not checked. Radio button. Espanol. E.U. QWERTY. N. Not checked. Radio button. Talkback Braille Keyboard. Showing Braille Keyboard. Sister. Swipe up with three fingers for more options. Screen away mode. The Braille Keyboard pops up on the screen and you are ready to enter text. You can use the TalkBack Braille keyboard in one of two layouts. The first one is what I think of as accordion mode, and the second is desktop mode. By default, the layout changes depending on how you're holding your phone. Showing Braille keyboard, screen away mode, tabletop mode. All right. To use the accordion layout, hold your device in landscape orientation with the screen facing away from you and the home button in your right hand. The short edges of the device are resting against the tops of the palms of your hand and your fingers are curled over so that the fingertips are near the center of the screen, positioned like the dots in a braille cell. The index finger of the left hand is dot one, and the index finger of the right hand is dot four. Visualize the cell and the fingertips as the dots in that cell. Now write as you would on a Perkins keyboard. Cap, H, I, E, Hi, H, M, E, N, apostrophe, T, haven't, S, P, O, K, N, spoken. There are a few gestures you need to learn. Swipe one finger to the right for the space. Swipe two fingers to the right for a new line. Swipe one finger to the left to erase a character. Cap. H. S. S deleted. It deleted. H deleted. Swipe two fingers to the left to erase a word. G. Oh, T, got deleted. Swipe down with two fingers to close the keyboard. Keyboard hidden. Swipe three fingers down to switch to the G board. 
Show in English US. QWERTY. Keyboard. Now the Gboard does not have to be your default keyboard. If I'd been using Swift Key, I could still bring up the Braille keyboard by holding on the spacebar or by tapping the switch input key in the bottom right corner of the screen. But if I swipe down with three fingers while using the Braille keyboard, the keyboard that is always going to come up is Gboard. Back to the gestures. Swipe up with two fingers to submit. This doesn't work everywhere, but in general, if after writing this I use this gesture, the text message will get sent. Submitting text. Sending message. Keyboard hidden. Message sent. If I'm writing in a search field, swiping up with two fingers will initiate the search. Search or type web address. Edit box. Editing. Showing Braille keyboard. Screen away mode. R E C I P E. Recipe. Four four. O C O L A T E. Chocolate. Ch I P. Chip. C O O K I E S. Submit cookies. Keyboard hidden. Recipe for chocolate chip cookies. Google search. Love you. Forty eight percent. Swipe up with three fingers for the Braille keyboard options screen. Keyboard hidden. Braille keyboard options. We'll get to that now. This keyboard has some interesting settings. We're not going to go through all of them in this demonstration. Just a few. So let's go into TalkBack Braille keyboard settings. There are three methods for doing that. One is to go into Settings, Accessibility, TalkBack, Settings, Braille Keyboard. Another is to go into Settings, System, Languages and Input, On-Screen Keyboard, Braille Keyboard. And the third is to simply open the Braille Keyboard, swipe up with three fingers, Switch to uncontracted Braille and list. See all gestures. Open tutorial. Settings. Cancel button out of list. If you're a Slate and Stylus user, this is a setting you may really like. Settings and list. Braille keyboard. Navigate up button out of list. Okay, find the reverse, the dots, option, and tap it. Braille keyboard. How to use Braille keyboard in list. Typing languages, unified English Braille. Typing languages. See all gestures. Layout, adapt to how you hold the device. Layout. Include all press dots. Each press dot is part of the input, even if the dot is released before other dots on switch. Reverse dots. Swap the dot positions so that dots 1 and 4 trade places, for example, on switch.
Typing feedback. Typing echo. Read all letters and words. Typing feedback. Typing echo. For whatever reason, reversing the dots makes things a lot easier for me when I'm writing in accordion mode. All right. So let's get back to writing on our keyboard. We learned about accordion mode. Now it's time to practice writing in desktop mode. Tabletop mode. For desktop mode, place your device on a table with the home button to your left. Put your fingertips on the screen as if you were writing on a Perkins keyboard. It helps to put your fingertips along the long edge that is nearest to you, at least when you're starting out. The right ring finger, dot six, should be at the very right edge of the screen, but the left ring finger, dot three, should be about a centimeter away from the left edge of the device. When you're ready, just start writing. Use the same gestures as before. Swipe right with one finger to add a space, two fingers to add a new line. Swipe left with one finger to erase a character, two fingers to erase a word. Swipe down with two fingers to close the keyboard. Swipe down with three fingers to close the braille keyboard and bring up a QWERTY keyboard. Swipe up with two fingers to submit, three fingers to bring up the options screen. If you like one layout better than the other, and you get annoyed that it switches automatically, we can go back into TalkBack Braille keyboard settings to set a preference. So while the keyboard is on the screen, swipe up with three fingers, tap settings, then tap layout. Layout, adapt to how you hold the device. Layout, checked, adapt to how you hold the device, enlist. Hold device with screen away from you, screen away mode. Place device flat on a table, tabletop mode. We've got three options there, so tap the one you want. And this is enough information to get you started. My experience with this keyboard is that brailing on screen is incredibly awkward for the first three or four days, and then it suddenly gets easier. I use this keyboard a lot more than I ever imagined I would. I think it's worth trying. And now that we've concluded the keyboard section, which is the Android Basics section, we're going to move over now to the In Focus section. In this segment, the Mongolian minister, the man himself, Austin Pinto, will be demonstrating another segment of the roaming process. This is also going to be on one of our YouTube. So if you're not able to listen to this, you can also find it on our YouTube channel. Okay, so today we are going to see how to download the official TWRP for your device. 
So as I have the Asus M1 Pro um, device, I'm going to download the official TWRP for this device. So I'm on the TWRP.me site. I will link this site in the show notes. So let's go. Downloading 0P pixel disclaimer separator. No next heading. Team software and stat separator. Main take code link to link support thread on this device separator. This means that swiping to allow system modifications will prevent you from being able to boot it. Separator. This device uses DM Verity. Separate. This means that swiping to allow system modifications will prevent you from being able to boot it. You are using the stock kernel. In order to bypass DM Verity's boot prevention, you will have to install a kernel that has DM Verity disabled in the stand. App install method. Clickable. Separator. Download the official TW. Downloading Z list with two items. Bullet link play store. Red bullet link no play out of list. Install the app and open the device and so download separate current and past versions of T. So as it said that this device using uses DM Verity, so allowing to swipe to system to modify system settings will prevent you from booting. That means if you don't swipe to allow system modifications, you will not be able to boot in the ROM. So for this, unfortunately, you will you will need sighted help. That's why I told you, you do need sighted help for some tasks, but for others, it is totally accessible. List with two items bullet link primary Americas out of list current and past versions of T list with two items bullet link primary. So I'm downloading from the primary. Download TWRP for X00P banner landmark TWT on your diffusing TWRP sometime on your diversion. Downloading the thank you for team with link T downloading Z team link TWRP 3.4.0 X00P dot in. So I'm downloading this file. W. Download this is the IMG file. Header, heading level four, link download PGP. Say heading level three, link download T. Okay, so to click on this heading. You download T. Downloading forty six point nine MB. And now it is started downloading. Downloading one minute left alert. So I will be showing you how to disable this DM Verity. So let's set up our device for roaming. Now device by device, I mean the computer. Peely soft Windows PowerShell or Peely soft so... Windows with e. Let's go to the downloads. So this is the ROM file. We don't want to touch it now. So this is a long name. And we want to rename this file so that it becomes easier for us to flash. So to rename the file, all we want to do is hit the F2 key and delete everything. And that only .img is remaining, so we'll call this file um, A-S-U-S-R-E-C-O-V-E-R-Y dot Today grouping expanded asusrecovery.m2 So it's asusrecovery one word and generally I would um, although nothing will happen but generally I would not recommend that you have spaces within your name, so your name should be one word. So let's cut this file from here Yesterday grouping expanded. P. Last week grouping expanded. Pixel XP. Platform tools 46 of 119. Let's open this. Preview. Downloads collapsed. 4 of 9. Level 2. Items view list. Copy not selected. 1 of 9. So I will paste this TWRP in the platform tools folder. Assess recovery. Done in 20 of 20. So that is the assess recovery. So now we are going Windows to type here. Okay. It's ADB space reboot. Uh, and you then type that command and you hit the enter key. 
and your device should boot into the ADB mode. So you hit the enter key and the device boots into the fast boot mode as you heard the device disconnected and then connected back again and now let me type dot backslash fast boot okay now let's do the second step so here i'll type fast boot i forgot to give the dot slash backslash fast boot P O O T space S H space C O V E R Y space S U S R E C O V E R Y dot I M G. So the command I type was fast boot space flash space recovery space assess recovery dot I M G. You can replace assess recovery dot I M G with the name of the file that you gave, and you hit enter. Sent in recovery 48,024 KB. Sent in recovery 48,024 KB. Okay, 1.099 S. in recovery. Write in recovery. Okay, 0.360 S. Finished. Total time 1.500 S. PSC. Users of the downloads platform tools greater. Okay, so we have the recovery flashed. So the next step is uh, taking sighted help and swiping to allow system modifications because without that, we cannot do anything else. So cited help is definitely required for this. Next, we are now on to the app of the week. And you guys, because we love you so much, we've got a couple of them this week. We have Jacob from South Africa demonstrating the tasker. Hi there, this is Jacob from South Africa. I'm just gonna do a quick bit of a rundown and a little bit of a demo of the task automation software for Android. Firstly, costs about just over 60 South African Rand, and that's just over four US dollars. But it allows you to automate a whole bunch of things on your Android handset, including activities, settings, triggering based on events, etc. And I'm basically now going to just run through the interface a little bit. It's not all labeled, not all limit items are labeled, but you can label them and it's not bad, it's usable, you just have to get used to it. So let's just have a look at the interface first of all, in the top here. Let's bring up Tasker. And I'm recording this using my Samsung Galaxy A30s, which is a pretty decent medium, lower medium range answer. Tasker. Search Tasker, button, more options, button, more options. Profiles. So your tabs at the top of the screen are profiles, tasks, tasks, scenes, scenes, vars, and vars as in variables. The profiles are where you would trigger events based on time, location, other happenings, etc. We'll go into that now. The tasks are sets of activities that you can run, you can string them together, multiple ones or single tasks or anything like that. And I'll show you that as well now. Scenes are an interesting one, because it allows you to create dialogues and actual user interface elements that you can actually, for what it's worth, export as standalone apps that you could then pass over to other people or run on your own app with multiple buttons to trigger various tasks, etc. And I've tested that. Again, the interface is not perfectly accessible, but it's definitely usable and I can actually create 
little standalone apps that I could give to other people to do automated tasks as well if I wanted to. Interesting. The variables are things that you can set based on activities or tasks or events and then query from other contexts. So it lets you pass information between your tasks, I suppose, if that makes sense. But anyway, let's go into the profiles here now. Profiles. Profiles link context so that there are conditions close there with the tasks that should run with the conditions on that page. Basically, just explain that they link content conditions or events with tasks that should be run when something happens or occurs. That's what we're actually going to do now. I'm just going to run through a little demo of setting up a battery full profile, which triggers a task. This. Add button. Okay, go add. Pop up window. Application. One of six. Invest. Six item. Day. Two of six. Event. Three of six. All types of what would trigger the profile. I'm going to event here. Location. Four of six. Location. State. Five of six. State. I'm not percent sure what that one is, but it's probably to do with the state of the phone or the signal, etc. But let's go into event. Location. Event. Three of six. Select event category. Add one, row one, invert, 16 rows, one yeah. column. <laughs> a whole bunch of things. You can filter these with a search key or search text box if you wanted to find a specific one. Let's just scroll through. Slash app, one, app, would be, app would have to do with you having launched a piece of software. Date slash time, one, row two. Date slash time. Display, row three. Display, I think when you lock one, lock, etc. File, row four. File activities. Hardware, one, no Hardware activities. Media activities. Net Plugins, because there are various plugins on the Play Store for this one. Power, System. Tasker activities. UI, User interface. System. Power. Battery of the evening, row three. Select power event. Show items one to three of three. I select power event. Select power battery change, row one. Select power event. Battery change, row one. Include three rows, one column. Battery change, which wouldn't be too relevant to too many modern phones. Battery four, row two. Let's go into battery full, yeah, but there's lots of them. Battery of the display mode. Battery of battery four, row two. Normal. Event edit. Navigate up, button, yeah. out of mid. It's now going to the event details. Event edit, navigate up, button. One little thing about this piece of software, that navigate up button is not quite the same as back because that quite often saves what you've been doing as well, all it's worth. Event edit, battery full. Event edit, battery full. Switch event, button. Switch event would let you change the event again, choose a different category and the event self, itself. Cancel, button. Priority. Drop dash down menu. Priority that would have to do with background processes, I suppose. Navigate up. Button. Say navigate up now to save this event. Pop up window. New task. One of four. Enlist. Four items. And it's there asking me what do I want to do when the event is triggered. I'm going to here say new task. We could also select one of the existing tasks that you'd already saved, but I'm going to select a new task here. Hello. Two or four. For example, that one there, hello, is a task that I created before. I'll go into those now. now. New task, let's, let's say new task. Showing English open, there are new, take, close, there are open, there are Q, W, E, R, T, Mike, close, there are keyboard. 
It's asking me for a task name, which is optional because it's sort of embedded here, so I'm not going to bother with that one right now. Okay, button. Keyboard hidden. Task. Navigate up. Button. Task edit. Anonymous. Yeah, anonymous task. Cancel. Button. Properties. Button. More options. Button. Click plus to add an action. Uh, it's telling me I need to add an action to this task. Play. Button. Step. Button. Play. Step. That you could actually step through the actions in your task or play all of them in one go, one after the other. Icon. Button. Icon is an icon for a task, and you only really need to set an icon or assign an icon to a task if you want to implement it in a widget on your home screen, or if you were going to export it as an app using the Task App Factory plugin, then you would need to have an assign an icon to it. So I'm not going to bother you now, but yeah, like I say, if you want to assign a widget on your desktop to trigger this task, then you would need to have assigned an icon to it. Step, icon, button, add, button. Click on add here. Select action category. Alert 2, row 1. Admit 20 yeah. rows, 1 column. Saying select an action category. I'm going to give you a bit of a rundown here. Alert, among other things, you can get it to flash up little dialogues with text on them. You can get it to speak out text using whichever voice you prefer, etc. App 6, row 2. App would be to launch apps, close apps. Audio 2, row 3. Audio is to set volume levels and change other volumes. Trigger volume events. Oh, one, no four. Display seven, no five. All of these, so I'm not going to go into too much here. But I'm just going to tell it basically. I want to get to where I'm going to play a little ringtone to me. File, no six. File activities. Google Drive, five, no seven. Google Drive activities. Image, no eight. Image activities. Input, eight, no nine. Input has to do with keyboard. Typing almost. Location, two, no ten. Media, no okay, we're going to go into media here. Well, let me finish scrolling through the categories of actions you can take. Net, 11, no Net. Phone, three, no phone is an answer, make phone calls, etc. No plugins, like I said, there are various plugins on the Play Store for the task. Scene, no scene, that would be if you want to bring up one of those scenes that I was talking about just now. And for example, if you want to export your task as a standalone app, you need to have it show scene, which is under that scene category. Settings, three, you can change settings, you can bring up settings, you can get to bring up things like accessibility settings, for example. System, five, seventeen. System activities. Settings, three, sure scene, one, let's go into media. Music back, row 4. Midi play, row, media control, row 2. Media button events, row 1. These are some of the media actions. Select media action, media button events, media control, row 2. I'm sensitive, but these all do, but a lot of the names should make sense. Midi play, row 3. Midi play. Music back, row 4. Music back. Music play, row 5. Music play, row 6. Play directory. Music skip, row 7. Music stop, row 8. Music stop. Play ringtone, row 9. Are we going to go into play ringtone? Oh no. Action edit. Navigate up. Button. Action edit. Play ringtone. Switch action. Button. Help. Button. Switch action. Button. That switch action would let you change the... Go back to where you choose the category and the type of action. Help. Button. More options. Button. Clicking on help in all these screens will actually bring up 
allow you to bring up web content that gives you help on the screen and explains it. Type. Okay, type. Drop dash down menu. Alarm. I'm going to change this type. Pop up window. Hit. Alarm. One of three. Notification. Two of three. Change it to a notification sound. Notification. Action edit. Drop dash down menu. Notification sound. Variable button. That would relate to those variables that I was talking about that could become the value for it you'd set from another process. Choose button. Say choose now. Optional edit box. Complete action using media storage. Column one. Enrid. One row. Two columns. Just going to use the phone's built-in media storage selection. Notification sounds. Navigate up. Button. Hot hit. Dynamic exterminate. Radio button. Hot hit. Daydream. Radio button. Hot hit. Deep thought. Radio button. Hot hit. Ding dash on. Radio button. Let's choose that one. Ding dong. Hit. That tiny little sound. Now I'm just going to go back. Back. Button. Hot hit. Dynamic exterminate. Hot hit. Crystal. Radio button. Hot hit. Silent. Radio notification sounds. Out of list. Navigate up. Button. I found the navigate up at the top and I click on that. Action edit. Dip dash on. Edit box. Optional. You see it's up at the name in the edit box there. Stream. Stream as in which audio stream to play it through. Drop dash down menu. Notification. Leave it on the notification stream. Stream. Drop is. There are other options here below relating to other factors, but I'm going to leave them out for now. Drop dash stream. Dip so dash on. Edit box. Optional. So let's just go back to navigator. Choose. Variable. Sound. Drop dash. Time. More options. Help. Button. Switch action. Play ringtone. Action edit. Navigate up. Tasker. Add. Button. Okay, now if I go back into the list of actions. Icon. Step. Button. Play. One. Play ringtone. Type common notification. Sound common in dash on. Unlabeled. Okay, if I want to test the action, I can go to play. Play. Button. You heard it play the sound there. But let's go on. Step. Icon. Add. Button. Navigate up. Button. Okay, you can activate navigator. Tasker. Apply. Button. And I'm going to double tap on the apply button. Let's now go focus. Battery full. And they're in the list of profiles. Profiles. Battery full. On. Switch. And it is toggled on. That means that now if the battery got full, it would play that, or activate that task, which would play the sound to me. And then now that's, I think, good enough to give you a basic idea of what I'm talking about. Let me show you one or two of the other tasks that I already have here. Tasks. Just to give you an idea what I'd use it for. Sharing, one of three, enlist, three items. That one sharing there allows me to toggle the mobile hotspot on or off automatically with a widget that I have on the home screen. Hello, two or three. Hello is just a silly one. Let's play this. We are down to the Navigate up, button, out of list. Then there's, I just double tapped on the task and I'm going to hit the play button. Add, icon, step, play, button, hello world. That was where I told it to say a piece of text using the default TTS voice on this phone. And you heard, hello world. I'm going to go back now. Tasker, hello, two. Sharing, one of three. Hello, two or three. Show hello, three or three. Okay, show hello is a task that actually launches a scene that I define. And all that scene has on it is one button that basically does the same thing. But I managed to... Place the button on the interface and export it as a .apk file, which is actually installed in this handset. So that's just an idea. And I'm going to show you one more thing. 
that's sort of relatively recent using Google Assistant and tasks in Tasker. What I'm going to do is double tap and hold the Home button to activate it over Google. Run hello in Tasker. Here's Tasker. There's all that really did. I told it to run and I gave it a task name and the tasker and it activated, which means you wouldn't have to even go into tasker to activate these tasks, but you could trigger them via Google Assistant if you wanted. And then have it run through all the steps in your task. I think that's really enough for now. The idea is really just that this thing really allows you to automate a whole set of tasks and activities on your handset based on events as well as you making choices and telling it when and why and how. And I'm quite impressed. I've been using it for a few years now as my primary automation one where I used to use others in the past. Thank you so much, Jacob, for that demonstration of the Tasker app. I will now go ahead and demonstrate an app from Area 21 of Google now called Stack. I'm going to bring up Stack. Open Stack. Stack. Search your documents. Edit box. When you launch Stack, you have the following. At the top, there's an edit field to search your document. To the right, there's an edit where you can create a new uh, stack. So stacks are like folders, and these are reminiscent of what we used to have in OpenBook or Kurzweil. You have folders and within those folders you have subfolders. Mid bills, row two. So we've got bills. Banking. Banking. Column two, house. Column house, three. IDs. Column IDs, four. Medical. Medical. Three, receipts. Column receipts. Two, starred. Column three. Starred. Work. Column four. Work. Ten, and now at the two, bottom list, we've two got items. two tabs. There's the home. Home. Tab. All documents. And all tab, documents. Two now on the top right, just IDs, row two, above four, the IDs, three rows, edit, row one. it's an edit. When you tap on that edit, you can add new folders from some of the suggested folders. Under the suggested folders, here's what we got. Suggested stacks, row four, immigration, row five, insurance, column two, pet, column three, tax, column four, travel, row six, vehicles, column two, legal, column three. Create, column four. And the last item at the bottom is create. If you tap on create, you could create your own folder. Showing English, US, QWERTY, keyboard, cancel. Stack Tapping name, on that create box, now is asking me for the name of the stack. Let's just call it Papa. Voice input. Papa. Create, button. Keyboard hidden, stack. Create, row 7, column 4, in grid, 7 rows, 4 columns. So I just created a folder called Papa. Legal, column 3, or create, column I 4. I should say I created a stack called Papa. Okay. Legal. Now, let's go ahead and try to scan something. So by default, when you create a new stack, it's not shown among the stacks that we have here. However, you want to click on show, show all to see the stack that you just created. Show all, row four. Now, if I click on show all, we should be able to see Papa in here. 
So under my stacks, I got edit, bills, banking, house, work, Papa, row four, column one. And I got Papa. I tap on Papa. Now at the bottom, just above where we found the old documents, at the bottom right, add a new document. We have add a new document. When I tap on the add new document, the camera opens. Let me grab a piece of paper here. All right, I'm going to put this thing on my lab, and this is where the problem comes because Google didn't include an OCR package in here. So when you tap on something and you scan it, it's not going to read to you. You have to use some other app, third-party app such as either SuperSense or some other app like that that you could uh, share it to, uh, Voice Dream Reader, and some of those packages to uh, read what you have. So I'm going to take a picture of it. Let's see here. Take photo button. All right. When you take a photo, then what happens? Options. You got preview document image this button. preview button unlabeled in list. And that's the actual document itself that says unlabeled. Add. You could add another document. Adjust color out of list. Adjust the color. Crop and rotate. Crop and rotate. Save button. Or save. Add new document. I close tapped button. on save and now I'm going to tap on close. Stack. Search your documents. Edit box. Now, if I go to Papa, I should be able to find it. Build Papa. I tap on Papa. Episode 17 of the Blind Android Users, Row 2, Column 1, in grid, two rows. That's columns. what I scanned. And it automatically gave it that name called Episode of the Blind Podcast, uh, Episode 17 of the Blind Users Podcast. Add a new document button. Papa. Now. Episode 17 of the Blind Android Users, Row 2, Call. I tap on that. Document image button, out of grid. Edit document button. Now, the funniest thing is that it's able to tell me what the title or use the first line of what I typed that I scanned, and it recognized that, and we could see that as a written document, but the rest of the content is not being shared. Now, if I want to show you what that document really is, let me, let me grab, grab it, and let's say I want to scan it with something like Lookout. Folder, OCR, Lookout, folder opened. Let's try Lookout for now. Documents mode. Hold your device in portrait mode. Move it slowly. Don't show this again. Checked. Okay. Turn camera off. Button. Lookout documents mode. To close. Move. Take snapshot. Button. Move device towards bottom. I just, item details. I just told it to close take details. the picture. Button. Welcome to episode 17 of the Blind Android Users Podcast, where we are discussing keyboards. Our hosts, Miriam Mawson, Austin Pinto, Ed Green, Yannick Plashierd, and Warren Carr are here to win you the goodies. Okay, so that is what was on that paper, of course. Um, we were, however, unable to hear um, Stack read it to us. And so the only way that you can get Stack to read something for you is to be able to share it with some other third-party app, or else you are dead in water. You could use something like Adobe PDF Reader, or you could use maybe even the Googles, 
PDF uh, drive reader or something like that to read this. And that would be the stack. Now, of course, you can delete what you have. Now, if you want to delete a stack, you want to tap on the edit on the top right, just above where it says House, row two. Edit, row one. You want to tap on the edit right around the top corner, top right corner. Now that I've tapped on edit, I'm going to find Papa start, and delete work, it. Column legal, row seven. Papa, row four, column one. So now that I've found Papa, let's delete it. I tap here. Papa, Papa, out of grid. When you tap on that, it's asking you, do you want to delete it? Delete this stack. And we have... Documents will still appear in all documents. In other words, if I delete the stack, the folder called Papa, the document that was stored in Papa will still be in all documents. And there's either a cancel or a delete. Cancel button. Delete button. Stack. Edit your stacks. So now, Papa is gone. If I go back. One new start. One new document found. Add new documents into your stacks. Row four. There's a document there. New docu delete. And I tap on it, and then at the bottom is a delete. And delete button. Cancel button. There's either delete or cancel. Delete button. Stack. Search your document. And I just deleted that document that we just scanned. This is how Stack works. It's a great app, and I'm looking forward to when Google can make it useful to all of us, especially those of us who are blind. And that would be Stack. And now we want to move on to my favorite segment of the podcast, and which is the My Android Journey story. And like I said, our friend Anna is going to be telling her Android journey story. And so, Anna, you are welcome to Blind Android Users. And now that you are a host, hoorah, you will also be doing this with us whenever you have the time. But for now, you are going to be telling us about that Android journey story of yours. Anna, take us down that memory lane if you can. Well, I'm very glad to be on this show, and I hope to drop in at least once a month. I'll tell you about my Android journey. It, it was quite long. <laughs> now, um, about 10 years ago, I was in the right place in the right time. And I somehow got in on the alpha version of an app that is familiar to iOS users. And the app is called Digit Eyes. And this is an app for uh, taking a picture of product labels and um, the app looks up the product and you can also take a picture of the barcode and the app will uh, look up the product and give you some information about it. Anyway, this app was going to be designed for iOS and for Android. And so I was one of the alpha testers for this. And at the time I had a conventional flip phone. I did not have a a touchscreen phone at all. And so I learned to use iOS um, in order to alpha test this app, but I hated iOS. I just couldn't get it. And I don't know if it was because this was my first experience of a touchscreen phone or if it was just that I didn't get the uh, 
logic of iOS. It just had too many gestures and it just, anyway. So I was still alpha testing this product. And then the uh, designers, uh, developers wanted to um, also make it available to Android, which I don't think ever happened. And so one of the alpha testers said he didn't want to learn another operating system. He was struggling enough with iOS. And so I was chosen to uh, alpha test the Android version. And so I I had to learn Android at that point. And um, this was back in the day when your Android phone had to have a physical keyboard and it had to have a physical uh, D-pad to arrow around. And um, I didn't like Android either in the beginning, but after about three or four weeks, Android clicked for me. And since then, I've been just in love with the operating system. So I started using Android um, back in 2.0, which was the second version that had accessibility on it. And I've been on board with Android ever since. Um, In the time that I've been using Android, I had a couple of blogs. One was for back in the old days when Android accessibility was uh, good, but it needed some uh, workarounds to to get use out of your phone. So I had a blog about that. So I started a second blog that described the more modern Android, which is a lot more accessible, but I didn't get very far on that blog because I started the That Android Show podcast, which talked about all things Android. Uh, Another thing I've done is I've written um, a book. Uh, Actually, one is a how-to book and the other one is a book on commands and settings available through National Braille Press. And so now I'm starting to come back into Android um, in terms of trying to prepare material and coming on this podcast is part of that. And so I'm very happy to be here. I really like Android and I'm happy to share the news about Android. Well, this has been great, guys. So I think we now come to that part of the podcast where Austin is going to give our information as to how people can get hold of us and be able to subscribe to either our email or to our WhatsApp, Telegram, and other groups and our website. To contact us, they can send an email to contact us at 9androidusers.com. Our website is www.blindandroidusers.com. They can subscribe to our mailing list by sending an email to blindandroidusers plus subscribe at groups.io. That is a fantastic mailing list of about 450 members now. Our Telegram group is ever-growing, crossed 103 members, and the link will be in the show notes. And also our WhatsApp group, which does not have much members, but you can subscribe and start chatting. You can join that group. And the link for that also will be in the show notes. We have a YouTube channel with over 50 subscribers. Do subscribe to that. You can listen to the podcast on it. And as I previously said, that we will be making parts of the podcast so that you can 
easily listen to the part that you want and we'll be having playlists and also do check that out and the twitter also you can follow us at blind droid users and the link to the profile as always will be in the show notes so that is our contact information we wish you a happy easter again and see you next week see you next week bye everybody we'll see you next week And that has been another episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. As always, we appreciate hearing from you. You send those email messages to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. For those My Android Journey stories, we encourage you to send those to myandroidjourney at blindandroidusers.com. Until we see you in our next episode, you have a wonderful day.